0: god save the queen Maddie. listen david i can't handle a uh your british accent for this whole podcast so I, that
1: wasn't even in a british accent all i said <laughs> was god save the queen
0: <laughs> okay i mean he didn't but we can keep going
1: <laughs> yeah i mean my point is is that we're going from island to island right you know like True. maui's an island and then we're going to london you know we're not going anywhere i'm staying in northwest arkansas and going to unfortunately um, I am too yeah enjoying all the rain that we're going to have this week um but yeah you know they got they got rain in England too so you know maybe we'll see what Kentucky can uh I'm, I have no idea I was about to start talking about some British prices I don't have any idea what I'm saying um I'm gonna annoy people today on this podcast <laughs> really really bad uh you know because we had Hawaiian music last week I don't think there's anything that I could necessarily find for like British music um that you know what is what is british music you know like we got the ukulele last last episode but like
0: i mean you know once we start getting those numbers up we can start doing like the beatles that's,
1: that's gonna take a lot of money x
0: pistols would have been a good one you know the x
1: pistols i'm down for I'm, I'm very much of that uh other way but you know i'm actually like a big euro pop fan too you know so like there's a lot really? of good yeah i know it's really weird like I hate American pop music, but like give me some Euro pop. I don't know why that's a thing with me. I have no Does idea. Does Adele
0: count as Euro pop? Then I can fit in that category.
1: Yeah, Iconopop Pop counts too. Like they're Euro okay. pop. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're uh, they're from somewhere. Sweden. I don't know. Um, you ever see that that Will Ferrell movie? What's it called? Uh, Eurovision or something like that?
0: I don't think I watched that one.
1: Yeah, like the premise of it is that he's from Iceland and wants to. Um, be your Euro- when like the Eurovision challenge or something like that and apparently like yeah. Will Farrell got the idea because he was obsessed with like the contests that they have which is like American Idol but like yeah. for every individual representative this has nothing to do with basketball yeah. and I'm really <laughs> really like what the heck David let's talk basketball and let- let's get this thing rocking um first off who is the best team in the SEC Maddie
0: In the sec,
1: in the sec, we'll talk about who's number one later, but let's let's talk about who is the best team in the sec right now.
0: I mean, I hate to be biased, but I really think, um, after that SDSU game, Arkansas holds the throne.
1: I thought Arkansas holds the throne during the Creighton game, um, like I think that's when they earned it for me now, and also. I'm just like you. I'm trying not to be biased, but, you know, I really had to sit and think what is the difference between Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee? What, mm-hmm. what sets Arkansas apart right now uh, to make them the number one team? And what I think the biggest thing is, is some of those performances that we saw in Maui were sensational performances. And when we also talk about that Creighton game, the Hogs, kept being put against the wall in that game to where things could go bad. But instead, the entire game, until the foul situation, uh, they looked like they were going to beat Creighton by 10 at the start of the second half. And they never stopped in that game. They got it down to one possession by the end of the game. uh, And they legitimately look like they can win the SEC. We haven't seen that level of competition or impressive games from Kentucky yet. We've seen impressive games out of Alabama, but we also saw Alabama give up against UConn this week. Um, and so like also Tennessee's got some horrible losses, but they've also got a great win against Kansas. So like right now, yeah, I think it's still a really close competition, but like right now I think Arkansas is legitimately from a non-biased perspective, the best team in the SEC right now. Ken Palm totally disagrees with me.
0: I mean, I disagree with Ken Palm then, um, you know, like you said in that Creighton game, just watching, you know, the final few minutes, even like looking at the whole second half, Arkansas basically had to play without their aggressive defense that they're known for. Um, So, you know, taking that away and still only losing by one possession, I feel like shows that they're a legitimate content title contender um, and they deserve to be, you know, one of the top teams in the nation.
1: Yeah. uh, The other side of this is also like legitimate title contenders without Nick Smith jr. Like, I need to point that out, too. Arkansas is doing this right now without Nick Smith Jr.
0: Yeah, I think when we get the three ball in play, it it's going to push us over the edge to, to being in talks of, you know, one of the last standing uh, when it comes to March.
1: Yeah, definitely so. Definitely going to be a title contender um, for the SEC and a fi- potential Final Four team. Crazy thing I was thinking about, if you look at the AP Top 10 right now, there are four Southwest conference teams, former Southwest conference teams in the top four right now championships games in Houston. What do you think about a potential Houston, Arkansas, Baylor, and Texas final four?
0: Man, that would be insane. Um, Cause you know, a lot of Arkansas fans are going to show up, but it's a pretty, pretty close drive for the rest of those fan bases as well. So, you know, I think, Houston obviously would have a little bit of pull there um when it comes to getting people in the house, but it's not the know, biggest fan you, base
1: either though. Like yeah, also get to remember yeah, that sure. they're going to have fans and it's right in their city, but you know, there's probably still more Texas fans in Houston than there are Houston fans in Houston. So like, yeah, it kind of goes either way. That's more fun. We'll talk about a little bit of that, a little bit more on that. Let's talk about what impressed us this week and who's being somewhat impressive right now. Um, here in the early part of the season. And then let's talk about a couple of teams that are of concern. I'll put it that way. Not necessarily disappointments, but are of concern. We're not really sure what to think of them yet. Uh, First off, let's talk about Arkansas since we just started there. Uh, Third place finish in Maui. Picked up a quality win against San Diego State. Kamani Johnson coming through and absolutely playing fantastic with the very limited minutes that he had. Um, you know, Mus went in that game. He went 10 deep on his bench. He normally rotates like eight or nine. Uh, he had to go 10 deep. And the 10th guy that he pulls off that bench is Kamani Johnson. And Kamani Johnson, one of the few returning players on this Razorback team uh, from last year. And he goes out and has the best game that he's probably ever played in Arkansas. in those very limited minutes that he played. He, he must overcame all the dead legs that he had um, in that game three scenario during that.
0: Yeah, Monty really turned it on this week. Um, super proud of him because, you know, it, it takes a lot to be one of the most senior players on the team and have to compete for minutes with a gang of freshmen. Like, um, you know, that that can't be easy to deal with, um, you know, from kind of like an ego perspective. But he came in, showed why he still deserved that spot on the team and deserved more minutes moving forward.
1: Here's the big thing. Like, he talked about in his press conference about leadership. Um, You know, he's not Nick Smith Jr. He's not Trevon Brazil. He's not the most talented guy on this team. And there's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, is that he got out there and showed everybody how to play with energy, how to get out there and win a tough game like that. And like in the very limited minutes that he had, you don't have to be the star player to be the leader on a team. And Kamani Johnson flat out showed that. And he was the leader of surging back to come back against SD State. And then also getting through and picking up that huge W, going into overtime and get winning overtime. He hit those free throws right at the end of the game that pretty much sealed Arkansas was going to beat SD State. And then the, he also had that put back rebound that got them into overtime. Amazing performance from Kamani Johnson, and I, I don't think he deserves. You know, I I think he deserves every ounce of praise that is coming his direction right now. And you oh, know, you know,
0: was, he is a celebrity coming back from Thanksgiving break huge campus
1: you bet to say he's big man on campus this week like everybody loves it you know like they're gonna be carrying him around like it's 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 a perfect situation um gotta love it for Monty. great stuff yeah the i don't think you can ask more out of that game for kamani johnson let's talk about a little bit more about that sdc8 game i don't think or the maui tournament real fast i think arkansas now has two fan bases that they probably absolutely hate after um after this tournament, because like going into the game, Creighton fans didn't really, you know, strike Arkansas fans on social media as like, yeah. oh, anything bad. Oh, I like these guys. These guys are, you know, they talk trash with us and everything like that. By the end of it, they hated each other's guts. Um And then that really got overshadowed by what happened next, because there was a fight on the court or not a fight, some kind of scuffle, I guess, with involving Muss and a fan and some other crazy stuff that was going on. Um, absolutely insane to see, you know, that break out at the end of the basketball game. Um, but I guess I didn't understand how much San Diego State fans hate Eric Musselman.
0: You know, I really hope that for the rest of the season, anytime Arkansas takes a win, they just flash that picture of Eric Musselman throwing up the loss. Yeah. Throwing L, up that L sign L. on their <laughs> forehead.
1: I think that's been <laughs> the, on the best. Yeah. Yeah, that personally, I thought that was the funniest thing about all of this. Now, I know Musk issued an apology for doing that, but what I found hilarious is that, like, San Diego State fans on social media were all like, oh... Look how classless your coach is. What do you have to say about this? Arkansas fans. And then Arkansas fans immediately responding with, well, I think my coach is telling you to hold that L. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) love that. I was like, yes, that's fantastic. Love that. Every ounce of it. Um, That's beyond hilarious.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you've got people cursing at you from the stands and all game, that's, that's your way to deal with it I feel like that's a lot classier than some ways that he could have gone with it
1: let's then like let's not sugarcoat this yeah probably Razorback fans should have kept their heads a little bit better but like San Diego State fans like they're trying to walk away and the smell like angels and I there was even one point where it looked like San Diego State's coach was trying to get in a verbal argument with Trevin Brazil like they're no they're at fault too <laughs> like yep. for anything that happened there but I digress let's move on um, San Diego State's holding that L. Um, let's talk about Alabama in the PK. Um, Alabama, Brendan Miller, he seriously looks like he is one of the best freshmen in the country.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, you know, there's some people I've seen kind of talk about, well, they had that loss against UConn. But you look at it, you know, we're starting to get into the meat of basketball season. And in these Feast Week games, you know, they're going back to back to back against – hard-pressed teams three games Um, in four days or
1: three games in three days yeah
0: yeah so i feel like you know it took a lot for them to overcome michigan state and he played phenomenal in that game um so you know there's gonna come a time when you're gonna need some rest like it's it's catching up with him for sure and you could see that today in the game against north carolina but
1: that will never end yeah that's what that game turned out to be
0: exactly but i mean barring that game he was phenomenal um in the pki this week right. yeah. yeah
1: miller had a really really strong outing throughout this tournament demolished michigan state incredible performance in that game um you know they uh, as collective alabama kind of struggled against yukon uh, but they they had some fight in them throughout that game what the difference was is at the end i thought that they kind of fell apart and then yukon and UConn and Creighton, both going back to that Arkansas game just a little bit, they both Yukon and Creighton are both contenders for the Big East this year. So very comparable talent that Arkansas and Alabama got to see. Now, obviously, those are two teams that play two different styles of basketball, um, but they're both very talented from the same conference. And so yeah, we got a pretty good vision and understanding about who those two teams are. Uh, this week, a lot of a lot of questions answered between them. I'm very impressed with Alabama. Uh, that is definitely a team that also showed that they wouldn't give up against North Carolina today. And boy, howdy, did they not give up? Um, it is a game that honestly they didn't deserve to win today. Like, let's be completely fair. Uh, that four overtimes that got forced, you know, is a lot of it was grit, defense and finally hitting free throws at the end of the game that worked out. It was probably some of the worst basketball i'd ever seen for those four overtimes as well but throughout that game alabama was losing the rebounding um uh, they were negative in the turnover differential they were shooting less than 50 percent at one point from the free throw line it just not a really good game for alabama three ball kept them in that thing
0: oh yeah they had over 12 um i believe in three-point shooting advantage
1: Yeah, something like that. 12% advantage and several more made for three-pointers.
0: Yeah, so I think really that is the reason Alabama won that game, and there's not much else that that gave them the W.
1: No, there really wasn't. Um, Because, like I said, Brandon Miller probably had his worst game of the tournament on Game 3. I don't believe he he scored in the first half, and he already had three fouls going into the second half. Um,
0: Yeah. The guys who picked it up...
1: Mm-hmm. So. the guys who picked it up with Sears in my opinion Mark Sears got out there and played a great game mm-hmm. um, you know Clowney um, and also Gurley got out there did a lot of good work um, Yeah, there, there were a lot of guys who deserved the, the bench and the rest of the core deserved a lot of praise um, for the Tide uh, but it was Brandon Miller not his best night tonight but you know what he's a freshman it's going to happen that's going to happen when you have a one and done player like that they're going to make some mistakes but very impressed with the tide this week. I thought they played great the PK.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, you know, him being a freshman and kind of just having that week long of straight competitive basketball, that it's going to get to you, especially as a younger player who's not used to playing that competitive that quickly in a row.
1: Really yeah. good comparison if you, if people don't believe that 23-year-old, 22, 23, 18-year-old kids don't get tired. I challenge you to do some anaerobic exercise um, because like, yeah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go outside. Um, you can put us on pause. Just follow these simple directions. Um, go outside. Find about 80 feet that you could go run straight at. And I want you to run as fast and as hard as you possibly can for 80 straight feet. Then turn around and run back. Take a five second break to catch your breath and then repeat 15 times. And then tell me where your vision's at and tell me where your legs are at and tell me everything on your body. Tell me where you are physically at that point. Because anaerobic exercise, which is a big portion of basketball, mm-hmm. deteriorates body and vision faster than anything else. And that's why you see horrible games in game threes. So, like, in all honesty. Um, so, yeah, if you did that for three days and three days just over and over again, yeah, you're going to be exhausted. And it's going to it's going to wear on you. That's, that's the fastest way to get oxygen out of your body. So... <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely a rough game for uh, for for players in that scenario. So yeah, and that's happened in the Arkansas San Diego State game too. So yeah, both sides, everybody feels it on that third game. Let's start yeah. Mississippi State.
0: You know, Mississippi State, um, they've impressed me this season. I really, you know, didn't have them super highly regarded going into it, but their defense is going to be one to be reckoned with um, when it comes time for SEC play. Like, uh, I know SEC has a pretty solid defensive rating overall, but Mississippi State, I feel like, is leaps and bounds above pretty much any other team um, that have sat down and seriously watched this season so far.
1: Completely agree. Mississippi State looks fantastic. Um, I think a lot of that stuff, like, you know, we didn't really know who Mississippi State was going to be. All we had to go off of was, you know, Yawns is there as coach now. And they've got some talent, but not a ton. Um, That's all we really knew about this Mississippi State team coming into the season, uh, because of how closed everything was. All the practices closed. Not a lot of not no exhibition games. Yeah, just kind of a weird situation. We just really didn't have an idea. Yeah, they're sitting with the best defensive rating in the SEC right now, Mm seventy five point six, and that's almost five points better than Tennessee, who has the second best rating in the sec that's fantastic they also take care of the ball well uh second fewest turnovers in the sec third most steals in the sec second best rebound differential in the sec the team doesn't get into foul trouble like they're undefeated and they just won the fort myers tournament they look legit um and the other thing that like we're going to talk about with another team that's doing really well in those differentials and ratings is Mizzou, but like one of, the, and we'll talk about them a little bit more in a second. But like, unlike Mizzou, Mississippi State has been tested with some quality opponents, like Utah and Marquette. Not the best in their conferences, but those are P seven opponents.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, you know, just looking at their schedule, it's you know definitely better than some of the other schedules that we've seen. Um, when you take into consideration current ratings and, you know, the t- the win-loss differentials there. Um, so I think, you know, Mississippi State could be a contender um, for one of the top five spots when we get closer to March, um, just looking at them now.
1: I think they're definitely going to be a team that we can have a conversation with that we can start thinking that maybe they are going to be uh, a lower seed in the NCAA tournament when time yeah. comes. I think that some of these numbers are going to return back to earth and they're going to face better opponents in the sec than what they've faced right now, uh, or they will face in their non-conference schedule. But when I think they're going to legitimately have a shot come March, uh, to be playing past March 15th.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when you take a look at it, there's so many power teams in the sec saying that they're possibly one of the top five spots in the sec. I definitely think it puts them in a good, good spot. Um, when it comes to tournament time. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about a couple of teams that, you know, kind of concern us a little bit. LSU is probably the first team that I've got that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you there, David. Um, You know, just thinking back to the last week, um, when we were kind of going through these feast week tournaments, um, we mentioned, you know, we think LSU had a pretty easy ride to the top, and Kansas State came out and beat them. I know I said Kansas State was a football school, but... I guess not this week. Um, you know, what was mainly concerning to me, um, looking at LSU in this game, they held they held a 12 point lead at one point during the game. And yeah. Kansas State still came back with a win. Um, you know, looking at it, their fouls may have lost in the game. So I think that's something that they definitely need to get in check um before continuing out this season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then you also talk about that cold streak that LSU went into uh, during that game against Kansas State. They went completely cold on offense for about a solid 10 minutes. Um, that can't happen. That's And the thing is, is that that's not the first time we've seen something like that. UMKC came back on LSU. LSU ultimately looked like the better team, but like we saw them have those cold spells and where teams can come back and fight against them. Very concerning. And then today, what did we see with them in the Wolford game? Holy cow. Wolford should never, never have been in this game with LSU to this point at home. Now, maybe it's because some fans, you know, did not take us up on our offer on uh, some free tickets. I'm maybe a little bit salty, but worst promo ever. I don't know how fans don't want free basketball tickets. I only put it on our Twitter page. I don't know how many times. Um, But, yeah, outside of that, you know, maybe maybe this a little bit of justice on our end. Um, But no, you should never be in a game with Wolford. You just shouldn't. They're worse than South Carolina, and South Carolina is legitimately bad. Um, So, like, yeah, no. So, LSU concerns. I have concerns right now.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you there. I think um, LSU is definitely in a dangerous game right now. They are going to be teetering towards the bottom half, if not lower, um, of the SEC rankings Um, if they don't clean it up.
1: And they shouldn't be because I think they're more talented than – a lot of teams that deserve to be down there. Let's move yeah. on to Auburn real fast. Oh, Auburn! So, War War Eagle. Um, their offense uh, laid a massive egg against Northwestern, uh, a Northwestern team that Auburn should have absolutely dominated. Uh, just plain and simple. Yeah,
0: you know, I feel like that was another one we kind of mentioned would have an easy road to the top, and somehow I called they'd... it the
1: Cancun lack of challenge for a reason. <laughs> um, it, the the tournament was a joke. And it was Auburn's opportunity to go get three easy wins and go back home. Like that was, that's, that's what should have happened. And they went completely sideways, low scoring game. Uh, Wendell Green missed his first seven shot attempts before nailing a jumper to give the Tigers a 41 to 40 lead with a minute and 43 left in the dang game. Like that's ugh, uh, just gross. I mean, it really is. Now, I, I know that Pearl acknowledges that the offense has issues, and he said he was happy with the gut and grit elements of the performance to get that win, but that's not how that game's supposed to go. Like, the, the, that's absolutely not. You You should dominate that Northwestern team.
0: Yeah, for sure, and, you know, with as much hype as we gave Auburn at the beginning of the year, even though they lost Jabari, they shouldn't be performing this poorly in games like they had this past week.
1: When you return that many players, when you turn a player like Wendell green and you have other guys out on your team who were experienced and played with that team, and you are expected to be a top five team in the sec. That's an unacceptable performance. And like that, it just really is. Um, And I, I don't know why Auburn fans just appeared on social media to be so calm about the given situation. That's like, you're going to make us feel bad that we're still undefeated. And like, I'm not going to make anybody feel bad, but like, If I were you, I would be furious about that game. Um, I'd be pretty mad. I'd be pretty mad. And then to follow it up today with their St. Louis game, St. Louis, pretty good basketball team. I'm going to give them credit there for beating a quality opponent. But again, probably should have beat them by 10 points, not by what they did today.
0: And, you know, like you said, I, I just don't know how the Auburn fan base isn't livid right now.
1: I have no idea. I, I'm just saying like if Arkansas did that fans would be losing their minds. They'd be very concerned, very concerned and very like, Hey, what are we doing? Because that's not, that's not the expectation by any means. I'm glad that this team gave us a fight, but that's not the expectation. All right, let's shift gears and talk about a stat that is uh showing where my questions do lie in this conference right now. Net rating, not to be confused with net ranking, which will uh, we'll talk more of at a later date very soon when we do a bracketology podcast. But if you don't know what net rating is, don't, don't be ashamed. It's a deep dive stat that a lot of college basketball fans and personalities don't even really talk about. Uh, You kind of have to find a nerd nerd to uh, care about it. You know, someone like me who likes to dive into stats for no apparent reason. Um, Yeah. I get like
0: the basics of net rating. So yeah, I I get I get where you're coming
1: from, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's simple stuff, you know, like it's, it's simply the difference between the offensive rating and the defensive rating. That's, that's Mm -hmm. all it is. And so for example, say Arkansas, your offensive rating is 104.9. So for every 100 possessions, Arkansas is scoring 104.9 points on average. And your defensive rating is 85.5. So for every 100 possessions, Arkansas is giving up 85.5 points. So Arkansas's net rating is net team is 19.4. So in theory, or on average, for every 100 possessions, Arkansas is beating their opponents by 19.4 points. That is your net rank rating. Now, you may be like, Arkansas hasn't scored 100 points in a game yet. How can their offensive rating be 104.9? 100, well, that's because on average, there's only about 60, 60 to 80 possessions in a basketball game. Uh, and you got to look at the pace to actually know what you're looking at. I think Arkansas sits somewhere around like 74 for pace. Uh, so now what does this tell us? Well, it's one of those stats you have to look in conjunction with literally everything else, but it it, it does help you tell the story. Um, if you look at net ratings across the SEC, you see there are three pretty sizable gaps in this conference uh, between teams. To me, this is kind of starting to spell out where the tier levels are in this conference. Uh, the first Maddie, do you want to guess where the first one is? I'm
0: gonna go Arkansas.
1: Mm, no, the 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 no. big the first gap. Huggies? Like we look at the bottom of the net ratings and then work our way up. What's the first gap? Who do you think? Oh, that, first right, wait,
0: first gap. Teams, okay, between teams. Between teams.
1: And this Bottom's is as of Saturday.
0: Be, uh, South Carolina for sure.
1: Absolutely right. South Carolina is, has the worst net rating in the SEC. Uh, the first is between South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Um, the, the two worst ratings in the conference, but South Carolina is so bad, they are the only team with a negative net rating. That's horrible. I'm not surprised. No, definitely <laughs> not. He's bad. South Carolina is so bad, they are in a class by themselves. Um, that's yeah, they, 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 they there are mid major teams that will not be in the NCAA tournament that could beat South Carolina. Um, that's legitimately true. All right. So the next noticeable gap is between Georgia and Texas A&M. And there's an 8 point difference there. Uh this is where Vanderbilt and Georgia are. Teams we know aren't good, but they aren't the Gamecocks. Like that's what I'm calling this category. Uh is that you're not South Carolina. You're not good, but you're not South Carolina. Um you know, at least we're better than somebody. Right. Um the next Kinda like gap...
0: Arkansas football.
1: Yo, oh, let's not talk about <laughs> football. Let's just not talk about football right now. Um, um, the next gap you know, let's let's continue on this conversation. The next gap is between Ole Miss and LSU, uh, a different of four point one. So, like, this is pretty much what I think is the most important gap we have right now. Ole Miss, and this is as of Saturday, because that's when I wrote all this stuff down. Uh, so, yeah. I haven't factored in Ole Miss's Oklahoma game today, but I really don't think it made that much of a difference. Uh, Ole Miss, Florida, and Texas A and M live on the bottom portion of this gap. Uh, their teams. I legitimately have questions about and not like LSU questions like y'all should have beat Kansas state when Kansas state's a decent team. Um, But more concerning questions about this team. Um, Just kind of look at it. The teams here like Ole Miss still hasn't faced a high quality opponent and has struggled against mid-major teams today. They lost against Oklahoma, Uh, Oklahoma, as good as they may be, they still are not one of the top teams in the big, in the Big 12, and they are gonna probably be close, if not just off the bubble, if they make it into the NCAA tournament. Um, and so like that's kind of what we're seeing from the rebels concerns. and AM and Florida both have bad losses. Uh, these teams are going to have to show that they they are for real at some point, and that's kind of what this class is right now, and those net ratings. And that's one of those sizable gaps that I think we have our first questionable area. It's like, who is Ole Miss? Who is Florida and who is Texas A&M? Are these teams going to be able to make it into the NCAA tournament? Um, and I think that's where the first question is. And then above that line are your contenders and possible pretenders. LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama, and Kentucky. They're here. That's who these guys are. And I think those teams will have are teams that have legitimate shots at the NCAA tournament. Right now, as of Sunday, I'm feeling a little bit less um, – sure about my lsu thought process there right now (laughs) but as
0: of saturday that's where they were sitting um yeah i think if we go with uh net ratings maybe after a month of sec play we'll start seeing a little bit more separation there um the further we get into the season for sure i
1: think we will too I think we will too. And I think some defenses and some offenses are going to have some questions. And that actually brings me back. Why I also called this the possible pretenders class as well, because there's two other teams that are also in this group that are in that group. That's kind of smudged together. You want to get mm-hmm. to the are, Maddie?
0: Well, you didn't mention Mizzou and I feel like they are highly overrated based on their, I'll throw it in air quotes, undefeated season. As of right now. Um, and then you know we talked about their defense, Mississippi State.
1: That would be exactly right. Um, that's wonderful deductive reasoning. Um, yeah, you're just right in there. So smart. Uh Trying for just, that law school. Uh, you're just over there. You just look so proud of yourself. And <laughs> I think you also read the notes. That's what I think. I think you read some of these
0: notes. Not at all. I don't know but, what you're talking
1: about. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on to that point. Mizzou, highest net rating in the SEC. Um, yeah, I, I've got a lot of questions about these teams. Um, they're possible pretenders to me. Mississippi State and Mizzou.
0: Miss,
1: Mississippi State, best defensive rating in the SEC so far. Um, they have been they have beaten P7 opponents. Not the best, but some. And their offensive rating is actually in the middle of the road in the conference. <laughs> I, I'm starting to think that Mississippi State might be for real. Um, I'm not 100% about that yet, but like I'm starting to feel like that is a team that could do something and find their way into the NCAA tournament. On the other side of that, we've got Mizzou, who has the best offensive rating in the SEC and the best net rating in the SEC. That's wild to think about. Their defensive rating is in the lower half of the conference, but it's not at the bottom. Um, And that's kind of a question mark. Maybe if, you, if I use that same metric, but then I look at the schedule, the difference is, is that Mississippi State has played those P7 games whereas Mizzou hasn't yet their opponents are I think really messing with their numbers you're looking at Houston Christian you got Coastal Carolina Mississippi Valley and you got a bunch of other teams that you've probably never even heard of Um, there's no P7 opponent Tigers played with the fastest pace in the conference so if you're getting 90 possessions against uh, Houston Christian your offensive rating is going to look a little skewed Um, so yeah they kind of seem like pretenders to me I I I think when you play some of the better teams, these numbers are going to come back to earth. And I think we're going to start getting a definitive answer about who they are when they play Kansas and Illinois.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think later on down the road, we'll definitely get a better look at at Mizzou overall. Um, You know, I think this Wichita State game that we're going to talk about here in a little bit is going to be really telling of where they actually are. 100%.
1: Um, But yeah, I think that's where we are right now in the conferences. We kind of just have these tier lines that are kind of developing um analytically right now. And so like, or when you look at stats and so like, yeah, right now I, I I'm confident in some teams. There are some teams I'm waiting to see what happens next. And Mizzou is definitely one of those. And we're, going to, we're going to see our first test on this. But you're right. Let's talk about some of the biggest games this week uh, and get away from this nerdy stuff. Very few P7 matchups this week between the SEC and everybody else uh, coming off feast week. Um, This is the last weekend that basketball is kind of competing with football, especially here in the SEC with, you know, LSU versus Georgia and the uh, SEC championship game. So last week that we have to deal with football, we're getting some awesome games the following week, but this week we got a couple we'll talk about, not a ton.
0: Yeah. So first game looking at this week, um, Ole Miss and Memphis. Um, If you guys have listened to the podcast before, you know I'm pretty high on Memphis. Um, So I think based on Old Miss's play so far, this is going to be a pretty good game. But what's going to be really telling is if they're able to handle Memphis's aggression on defense and their style of play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really interested in this game. This might be one of the better games of the week. A lot of ties between these teams uh, from their geography. Ole Miss has shown that they can play with some P7 schools. Uh, They showed it to us in the ESPN Invitational. Um, But, again, this is a team that struggled against the mid-majors, so I'm really not 100% on them yet. I think one of the biggest factors of this game is going to be Ole Miss's defense, uh, like you were kind of hitting that, and they're going to have to slow Memphis down. That is a very, very fast-paced basketball team, um, and they're going to have to keep Memphis out of the paint.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that's going to be a struggle for Ole Miss, um, especially, you know, if you look over that Ole Miss-Oklahoma game that happened today, um, they just kind of melt when when teams try to go inside. So, um, you know, maybe some practice this week will will help out on that, help them fill some gaps. But I honestly, I, I take Memphis for this game.
1: I would, too. Uh, and for Memphis, this is my key to the game for you, Maddie. Uh, you're going to love this. Make your free throws. Uh, Both of their losses, St. Louis and Seton Hall for Memphis, missed a combined 17 free throws. Uh, Lost those games by a combined seven points. Could have won it by 10. Could have won
0: basketball games.
1: You just got to sink some free throws. Uh, This is a great game for Ole Miss. Uh, Get ready for SEC road games later on this season. They are playing at the FedEx Forum. Uh, So that'll that'll be a ton of fun. Um, also, like I said, this is a group, this is a, these are two teams that are very related geography wise. So that'll be a lot of, a lot of interest in that one. Yeah, let's talk sure. about our next American versus SEC game uh, that we have this week. Just talking about the Memphis Tigers. Let's talk Mizzou and Wichita state.
0: All the Tigers,
1: <laughs> all the Tigers got to get all the Tigers in this dang conference. And you know what? There's a reason I decided to use the Eagle for Auburn because I did not have that many mini tiger logos that I could stick on our graphics. So yeah, no, I totally, totally said Eagle Eagle works war Eagle for them. When we talk about Auburn, that's, that's going to way we're going to work. Um, yeah, yeah no first P seven opponent for Missouri this year.
0: Yeah. I think looking at this game, I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, you know, I feel like being at home for Wichita state is going to give them a big advantage, even though, I mean, it's not too far away. So I'm sure some Mizzou fans will make the trip. Um, but I feel like what's going to hurt Mizzou is their deceptive, undefeated title. You know, I think a lot of times that's going to give teams an ego boost that they don't rightfully deserve. Um, and I think that's going to have them at a disadvantage against a hungry Wichita State team.
1: Uh, definitely hungry Wichita State team. Team that's probably underperforming by Wichita State standards. Two guys uh, that Missouri fans are going to need to know about. Uh, They're going to need to know about Jaquan Walton. Uh, He's the leading scorer for Wichita State. And Gus Okafor, he went for 27 points off the bench against Tarleton State uh, this week. Uh, Comparing the resumes, I think Mizzou might outscore the Shockers. I'm a little bit in a different camp than you. I personally think Mizzou is going to win this game, and it will be their only P7 win in the non-conference schedule. Um, Yeah, I think they'll outscore the Shockers. Wichita State does not put up a lot of points, 62 points a game on average. Also, Wichita State plays the slowest in the American Conference pace-wise. Don't shoot the ball terribly well, doesn't rebound great. So uh, if Mizzou gets running, gets the ball movement going, hit some shots. I like the Tigers. Uh, That's just kind of what I'm feeling right now. But I think this is a great game for Mizzou to get ready for KU in Illinois.
0: Yeah, I think so as well.
1: Yeah, they definitely need to win this game. That would be a really good good thing for them. Um, but anything, if anything else, at least getting a higher class of opponent against them will show them what they're going to have to do to beat two top 25 teams that are legitimately good and very big rivals. Going to be going to be interesting to talk about that KU Mizzou game next week. Let's talk, though, about our next American conference versus SEC. I don't know why the SEC decided the American conference. This is the week to schedule all these games against them. Um, But Texas a on their back. Yeah, target on their back. A lot of regionality, too, between the SEC and American conference. Uh, Texas A&M and SMU. Our third straight one, as I just mentioned, between the conferences. This one's at home for the Aggies, though, unlike the other two. Look, Um, A&M needs to win this game. SMU is a hot mess. Losses are incredibly disappointing. Lost to a disappointing Dayton team, New Mexico, and Louisiana Lafayette. Mustangs are negative on the rebound differential, Uh, point per game differential, net rating. This would be as bad as losing to South Carolina. Uh, In fact, SMU, 149 in Kempom, South Carolina, 141. They're right there with each other in Kempom. Um, Texas A&M, listen very closely. Uh, Buzz, I need you to hear this. You are not allowed to lose this game. For the sake of everyone else's strength of schedule, you cannot lose this game if you're AM. You just can't. Not allowed. I no, you can't do it. You can't do it. Don't do it to us. Um, Maddie, how do you think this? I game agree
0: is? with you there, David. Um, but unfortunately, it's been a pretty disappointing season for AM as well. So it, it really depends on which team is going to show up to play SMU. You know, if they put all the pieces together, play like they were supposed to at the beginning of the season, it should be an easy win for them. But if the team that's been consistently showing up for AM shows up to play SMU, it's going to be a toss-up. I think SMU might have a chance. I'm not saying it's a big one, but it really depends on which A&M team shows up to play.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it definitely depends on which AM team shows up to play, because, yeah, it could go bad really, really fast. We've seen it happen twice now, um, and it wouldn't shock me if it happens again. Hopefully you don't do it on your home court, and hopefully you don't hurt everybody else's strength of schedule so you don't mess things up seating-wise later. Um, on top of that, again, though, Buzz Williams, for the sake of Aggie fans, Needs to win this game to keep sanity in College Station. Speaking of sanity, let's move on to insanity. Probably the worst game we're going to talk about ever on this podcast. That's not true. In episode two, we talked about Chicago State versus IUPUI. Um, but like, let's talk about legitimately what might be the worst game that we'll ever talk about on this podcast between South Carolina and Georgetown. Maddie, these are two of the worst teams in the Power Seven.
0: I was about to say, I think the only thing I have to say about this game is both teams are pretty terrible. So
1: This is the most disgusting game I've ever seen in my life. Somehow, someway, someone is going to win this ball game. Uh, this is a game between these two. Uh South Carolina, 141 in Kim Palm and Georgetown 150. It's gross. This is uh no like, one I should want to watch this game. If no we're one watching should. this
0: game, we just need to put, like, the circus music on in the background. like
1: That's exactly and, what this
0: game is. Like, you know, that part in Ted Lasso where it was, like, bad losses like this. You just put this music on that's how you watch the highlights yeah that makes sense to be this
1: game yeah no that makes total sense what would be even funnier is that we just get Gigi jackson photoshopped uh onto a poster this week that we put on our twitter page and he's wearing a top hat at Barnum and bailey circus um like that that would be like the crown jewel of this game it's awful this is uh patrick ewing is literally coaching to keep his job this year he's struggling so much at georgetown George Crown's greatest son right there, just uh, making it miserable for everyone. Lamont Paris, on the other hand, at least is trying to build something in Columbia. But Let, that's let's distinguish why this game is so bad. Um, but yeah, no, this is not the game that it's so gross. Do you, you realize this game was nominated by the Sickos College Basketball Committee as the game of the week? That first word should tell you everything you should need to know about this game. The Siccos College Basketball Committee on Twitter. Go find that that's a that's a group of people I really want to have on this podcast at some point. The people who do those. Uh, but yeah, no, like oh, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna love watching this game. It's so gross.
0: Yeah, this is probably one I'll just check the highlights and call it a day, because I am not a miserably miserable human being. <laughs> Most of the time.
1: I am, and I am happy to do it. <laughs> Let's talk about Kentucky versus Michigan. Thank Morning, Governor. <laughs> Good evening, governor. We're going to talk about uh, my British accent's terrible. I really need to stop this. Like people hate me right now because of this. They're, I
0: mean, you really haven't, haven't exhibited it too much yet. So if you want to keep going.
1: I'm fine. I mean, I can try if you really want me to. I can try to do this entire segment in a British accent. We can talk about um Coach Cal going over to the, over the Atlantic, over the pond, if you will, uh, to go to the land of the queen where they're going to drink tea and play a basketball game in the O Center, I believe is what they call that building over there. Um, this is just terrible. I, I was
0: I, about to say, I think for Michael's sake, we just need to cut it before.
1: Uh, yeah, before Mike. Yeah, let's just help Mike. Before Michael he gets here. on. <laughs> yeah, we're having a great conversation today. All right. And we welcome into the show Michael Spencer from uh, Southern Boys Sports Kentucky. How are you doing today, Michael?
2: Hey, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Appreciate
1: okay. having me on. Oh, absolutely. You know, we after having this four t game between Alabama and uh, North Carolina, you know, we're we're making the executive decision to start recording now. So it's <laughs> like they're gonna go in the
2: fourth
1: overtime. This is this is ridiculous. I texted right.
0: Dude, I said it sounds like the basketball gods just don't want us to record today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so obviously we got the London game coming up. Uh, we've been uh, really excited about this one, um, and I know Maddie's going to get sick of my jokes for the rest of the podcast uh, that I'm making British accents. But for now, let me ask you the most important question that all Wildcat fans, you know, they, they've thought about this a lot. Uh, did Kenny Payne win those games?
2: Well, look what he's doing now at little.
1: Okay, so, I'll, I'll, I'll take now, that
2: back. <laughs> now, now, what I will say is this. Did Kenny win those games for Kentucky? the players, they had a unique bond with Kenny, you know, so to, so to see Kenny leave, you know, we, as a, as a big nation, as a big family, we didn't want to, you know, we really didn't want to see him leave, but on the other hand, Hey man, the guy's been an assistant for years, you know, let him go. He wanted to go to the pro, whatever. Then he wanted to go back to his alma mater at Louisville. So that's cool. But what I will say, the different thing about about Kenny is compared to the other coaches is, and I was talking to somebody about this other day, Kenny actually has – he actually had a, his – he was actually able to get in Cal's area. So, unlike the other coaches, if you see him right now, we're talking about this as well, the other coaches was kind of like – they just kind of sat there. I'm not saying that they don't have anything to say, but I think Cal and Kenny's relationship was so unique and so close that I think if you want to say that Kenny won some of the games, probably so, but in a sense he was able to get into Cal's area and actually have some influence on how they actually did actually how they actually did their games. I think Cal listened to Kenny and because of that, you can actually say Kenny had a huge part in what happened here at Kentucky.
1: I definitely agree that Kenny Payne has had a big impact on Kentucky. I have thoroughly enjoyed Kentucky fans trolling uh, Louisville fans with yeah. that, with that question everywhere we go uh, or ever throughout the season. It's, it's been a joy. Um, yeah. The Kenny Payne, won those games joke has uh, gotten wild. Of course, yeah. Um, probably right now, Kenny Payne's biggest arch nemesis is Bellerman, who Kentucky has this week. Um, yeah. So we'll look forward to that one. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit more about London. How are the fans feeling about this London game, and how do you think Big Blue Nation is going to show up for this trip?
2: Wow, that's a good question. I haven't, you know, usually on my page, uh, I usually I ask a lot of questions and stuff like that, and I haven't really asked a lot of questions. Um, you know, with, with Christmas coming up and everything, not really sure how much the fans are really going it, to – it's going to be some fans there, you can believe that. How many, I'm not really sure, uh, just because of how, you know, where it's being played at um, in conjunction with Christmas and all that kind of stuff, with people's vacations and they saving it for all of that. Uh, but one thing about it, we've, we've been in the house, and most likely one, time, one or two times during the game, you are here at Go Big Blue from the crowd, uh, just to let them know that, that Kentucky's in the house for sure.
1: Absolutely, um, big, big yeah. blue nation travels. Yeah,
2: yeah, they travel good. So uh, people want to have Kentucky. Uh, we haven't had, we haven't put the best product on the on the court the last couple of years, you know, just by how seasons ended and stuff like that. But overall, people want to people want to bring Kentucky to their cities, to their towns because they know Kentucky's going to travel. So yeah,
0: makes sense. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things for this game is to look uh, more like at the alumni aspect. And, you know, there's such a big alumni following from Kentucky, um, yes. you know, when it comes to NBA outside of the NBA and the same for Michigan as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what notable alumni end up showing up in London.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting to actually see who actually goes, uh, you know, I want to be, well, of course I was going to say anybody from the five, they're five going to go, but Hey, one are the, the coaches going? <laughs> <laughs> So the coaches go. So I'm just curious. That's actually that's actually a good point to actually see who's going to show up and and be there to actually just be in the house.
1: No, absolutely. You think yeah. about like how big the NBA is. It's international. It's well followed yeah. in Europe, and then you've got the European leagues as well. Um, there's Kentucky players in that league too. Yeah, so I mean, go there's there
2: too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's there's players all over. Basketball's an international sport. So I, I think this is going to be a ton of this will be a great setup because like this is one of those times that you get the showcase one of the premier programs in the country here in the United States that produces all this talent that comes all across the world to play ball
2: and then we just got to go across the water and
1: win <laughs> that's yeah <laughs> that's the thing isn't it yeah, yeah we yeah. gotta go win yeah yeah so this is I'm gonna put this portion partially in air quotes here uh this is the third game of the season where Kentucky is playing in a, a neutral site uh, okay. again air quotes around neutral uh, this is really the second game that kentucky has played at a neutral site uh what does playing in london do for kentucky
2: as far as a fan base goes like we need to win this ball like there's no way that we can that we can go and beat michigan as a fan base you know we're gonna be playing bellman and bellman beat louisville not really one you know that's probably not something that you say oh man we really gotta watch out for bellman respect them of course but you know, uh, but on the other hand, us going overseas, way and we're representing Kentucky. We're representing supposedly the biggest, you know, the gold standard of college basketball. We can't keep going on the road in neutral spots or wherever. We got to go on the road, and we got to be a notable. Uh, we got to be a notable team. I see that Michigan right now is not ranked, uh, but they could be by the time they show up in England. So the point is, we got to go. We got to get this win. Because the Big Blue Nation as a fan base, this is something that we really need to see because we're, we're not checking out yet, but because of how football kind of ended and how, you know, we, of course we got a win yesterday against Louisville, but just how the, the, football te- um, the football season didn't turn out the way that we hoped it would turn out. We was really hoping that basketball was supposed to be this big powerhouse team again this year, and it's not working out this year. So if nothing else, we just need to go and just need to get a win against a quality team um, like Michigan. Because I'm pretty sure by the end of the year, Michigan will probably be ranked. They're going to go to the tournament as well by the end of the year. So I mean, this fan just to bring this fan base back in and give them, you know, a start to have some hope that we are who we thought we was going to be this year. To win this ball game, which you know, we we'll go a whole, we we'll go a long way with the fan base.
0: Uh, Michael, I know you mentioned. Um... It's not exactly working out the way everyone thought it would for Kentucky so far this season. Um, you know, looking over their stats, looks like they've struggled in both of their losses um, against Michigan State and Gonzaga. What changes do you think Cal is going to make this week um, to correct
2: some of those problems? To speak for the Big Blue Nation, Cal's probably not going to make a lot of changes at all. <laughs> I mean, and and I'm not an advocate to fire Cal. I, I, I'm not going to say it here. Uh, I've even on my shows that I do for post games or whatever. I, I never like I never call for Cal's head. I never call out the players or anything like that. But I think Cal is Cal is who he is, and we're going to do the dribble drive. And you know we just we, we're depending on our transition shooting, uh, getting up and down the court, running. That that's who he wants us to be is to be able to get up and down the court. And I think that's what we have to do. We're not the best when we got to get in half court. Uh, One thing that we definitely got to work on, we definitely got to try to get Reeves and Fredericks some shots when they're in the ball games. Those guys can really shoot the ball. Um, It's just really for us to really set them up so they can have that opportunity. And also just hoping that those guys can be able to create shots for themselves. But as far as what Cal is truly going to do, you know, as if I'm being realistic, he's probably not going to do a whole lot. Um, Nothing has changed over the years. So, not really, you know, I'm not really sure just because we're going to London, too much is going to change.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, if Kentucky puts all the pieces together, um, which seems like a few fell off in the last couple of losses, I don't think they have a whole lot to worry about. Um, so I, I agree with you there. Um, so we have a lot of listeners from other fan bases that may not follow um Kentucky, might just follow their own respective team in the SEC. Um so if, for those outsiders, um, does Kentucky have a history of playing any international games?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I, from my understanding, the only international games that we play is uh, just going to the Bahamas. I think it's like every four years and we play some international teams while we're there. As far as uh, don't quote me on it, but I don't think we really went overseas anywhere, especially this far out like England. I think this is our first trip out. Uh, but yes, every four years or so, we do go down to the Bahamas and and we play um, some pro teams of Bahamas. We play a Dominican Republican team. Uh, so th- that's that's probably the the gist of who we are. Yeah.
1: So there's no like anything that you can think of like off the top of your head where in the past they've done this in a regular season game. Um, no, going I out. can't
2: honestly. Well, I can't recall it. Uh, I don't really think they have. Someone might hear it and correct me. Or I might have to go look that up. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure if they have been in the military and being, you know, being gone so much or whatever. It's really easy to actually lose track of what's going on back here in the States and everything when, you, when you're out there working. But for my knowledge, I've never seen them go overseas and actually play a game at this distance besides the Bahamas.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from the military's perspective. The yeah. Army sucked up plenty of my time in my life, so I get it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll just go ahead and take the next question here, Matty. Uh, Michigan, like Kentucky, has had its problems throughout the month of November. But, like, right now, this gives an opportunity to get two good programs on the floor. Which team do you think has the better chance to get on back on track here and why?
2: I hope UK. I'm uh, <laughs> not trying to be biased. Right, <laughs> you know, I mean, just like just like uh, uh, Madison was saying, a lot of a lot of a lot of fans, they just kind of followed their own teams or whatever. So I haven't really followed Michigan. Uh, I kind of been looking at the stats a little bit, uh, but I think with the expectations that I can truly say for UK, we finally got a you know we finally got uh, older guys that's still there, more older guys, um, mature, experienced. We got shooters. Uh, we got a deep bench that people can come off the bench and still score as well too. And you take those combinations which we haven't had in in a few years. Even though we had Grady last year, we had bench. I think we still got a much deeper team this year. And because of who we have on the team and and what we have, the quality of players, I think Kentucky needs this win probably more than anybody. Just because of uh, you know it's just, you know the fan base is fed up with going to the, um, not going back to the final four. It's kind of like, you know, we're, we're like an Alabama. If we don't make it to the playoffs, we might have a great year, but if we don't make it to the play. You know, if we don't make it to the final four, at least elite eight. Then it's a bust of a year. So because we haven't been there in a long time, seems like it anyway, since we haven't been there in a while, it's time for us to go back. And with a win like this, I think it's a big confidence that we can actually, you know, I think that we can actually move that way. Michigan, you know, they haven't really did a whole lot the last couple of years. They've been decent, um, but they haven't, you know, they've been decent, but they haven't really been. They're, they're not a Kentucky program, let's be honest. They're not really the, the true blue standard of college basketball. They're a power five team, but they're not, you know, in a sense they're not really in the same status as, as Kentucky. So Kentucky going to get this win, I think that's the, I think that's what we can have moving forward for confidence-wise.
1: I definitely think it's, you know, Michigan. While they are probably one of the top programs in college basketball, it's hard to compare to Kentucky's resume. Um, I I do agree there. There is a difference between the two of them uh, when you look at that overarching standard. But, yeah. Um, But no no, shade on
2: Michigan because, I mean, they can beat you too like anybody else can.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You you don't think Juwan Howard knows how to win some games? Oh,
2: absolutely. I'm pretty sure he (laughs) does. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about like Kentucky, you know, they're kind of like the Alabama of football, and it's been a while since they've had that sustained success uh, on that comparison. We were talking in our first episode of this season that we were we were talking like Cal hasn't won a national championship since twenty fifteen. If that was the case in Alabama, there would be riots in Tuscaloosa if that's how it was going down for football. Yeah. We
2: haven't we haven't won a championship since 2012. 2015 well, is when we had the 39 and one team.
1: That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 2015 got stuck in my head there for the wrong reason. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but that was a good team. So I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah,
2: it just came up short. <laughs> All
1: right. So my next question is, is that there was an article I read recently on Kentucky.com. dot It, it kind of summed up uh, a press conference that Cal had basically saying a lot of what the Wildcats problems have been this year had to do with them not practicing together. And I, I had to really think about this to understand that point because Oscar Shibwe has been injured. Javar Wheeler has been in and out of practice. Do you think this is what Cal was talking about when he gave that like little speech on Twitter uh, talking about this team is not where he wanted it to be yet?
2: I mean, I know Oscar's been out for a little bit, but you got to also, you got to, I mean, chemistry three, what, five games in, or whatever it is, four or five games in, uh, six games in, you know, chemistry is, is going to come, um, I mean, you can build it in practice, but it's nothing like that real game time experience. So so that's gonna come. But on the flip side of the house, dude, we're we're still a senior team. You know, we still got we still got kids with with a lot of experience out there on the floor. And some of the things that we're not doing as a ball club, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you should know already. Um setting picks, getting guys open, going over picks instead of under, things like that. It's just like you're supposed to know that at this level. The chemistry will come. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know we haven't had a chance to all practice together and everything, uh, but overall, like I said, we're we're too old of a team to, to for some of the, the mistakes that we're you know getting back door. Nobody – and one of the main things that we got to do better is we got to communicate. I mean, we got to communicate and then we got to go out on the floor and we got to execute. Something I always say, people want to blame Cal for a lot of stuff for a lot of issues that's going on with the Wildcats right now. But at the end of the day, we have great guys that can go out there, and if they don't execute, that then, you know, what's left?
0: Casey Wallace looks like he's, you know, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, in your opinion, where does he rank in Kentucky's history of Cal and his one-and-done kind of
2: system? I think it's too early. I think from the defensive standpoint, the, the, the kid is playing some good ball. Um, you know, he's, I mean, he's, if I can look at it, he's probably right now, he's probably leading us in minutes. I mean, he's playing most of every game out there at then, like, it was, I like to use like, like Shay that left to go to the NBA a couple of years ago. No one really, you know, when he came in the season, you know, he was supposed to be a backup or whatever. And is one of the best point guards in the, you know, in, in the NBA right now. The thing with Wallace is, uh, as Wallace continues to know the, that's, that's another thing with chemistry as well. As as they continue to gel more, uh, I think his defense is, uh, is going to just step up. He still is able to hit some big shots for us. As far as ranking him, um, as far as where he stands with the one and done, because he's going to be a one-and-done. It ain't no secret. He's yeah. leaving. No, it's definitely not. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just not a discussion. He's leaving. Uh, you know, I mean, he's – at the end of the year, I mean, it's going to be – for him as a as a guard, I think it's going to be easy to to maybe put him in at least in the top eight, anywhere from top eight to top ten at least. Uh, I mean, you just have some good guys who's actually came to Kentucky. But once again, you know he brings he brings it on both ends of the floor, which is really good because I mean he's making he's he's really keeping us in ball games just from his defensive standpoint. And if he can continue to do that, you know he will continue to be a fan favorite. Like he's becoming now as well. Uh, I hope he becomes. I hope he continues to improve, like Tyler uh, and Uless did. And that guy just became like the the you know how short he was. He won defensive player of the year, the smallest guy in the SEC. So if he can continue to to continue to improve like that and continue to do what he's doing, I mean that guy is going to be. He's going to continue to be a real legend here at Kentucky, even just by coming for one year.
1: Michael, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, man. I'm really excited about this game, uh, obviously our game of the week. Um, so before I tell you, cheerio. Um, cheerio.
2: The- <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually about to uh, I'm actually about to leave again for two years. I'm, I'm moving back to Kuwait. Oh, really? January. Yeah. I'm a, but this is a, this is as a just as a civilian. Uh, so uh, so I actually work with a lot of uh, people from England, and just to hear those guys talk every day, I'm like, dude, like, what did you say, man? Like, <laughs> Like, like, that's just talk American. Like, no just, so It's just really good. It is. I actually wish if I was actually over in Kuwait right now, I would probably actually take vacation and actually fly because it's like an eight hour flight. So I would go.
1: Been to Kuwait before I went to Ali Asalim. It was. uh That's where I was at, too. I just got back in June. You know, the craziest thing about that place is, is that it feels like the entire time you have a hairdryer blown directly in your face. It's it, yeah. Anytime that wind blows or a yeah. sandstorm's coming up, it's, it's crazy, man. Masks uh, come in
2: handy for sure. <laughs> All
1: right. So let, let's people uh, know exactly where they can find you on um, your Twitter page and other podcasts that you're working on.
2: Um, okay. I'm the, uh, I'm actually the founder of uh, second to none. Uh, it's, it's consists of uh uh, one player from, from each SEC team. I'm still building it. I don't have all my teams yet, but we meet every Wednesday for, you can find us on, uh, on YouTube for second to none on, um, we do podcasts as well. Uh, my Twitter, I actually, I uh, uh, think it's SBS underscore Kentucky uh, for, uh, I represent for the SPS uh, Southern sports uh, boys sports. As well too. So those guys are really doing a lot. So I really appreciate you guys having me on as well too.
1: Absolutely. And we'll tag you on our Twitter page um to make okay. sure that people can find those Twitter handles. Uh that'll be pinned on our page it. all week. So Okay,
2: thank you. Yeah,
1: no problem. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. We well, appreciate
2: well. it.
0: Thanks. Yeah, guys. thanks, man. It. it was good talking to you. Thank you so much. Go cats.
1: Go cats. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Maddie, let's talk a little bit of women's college basketball. Uh, this week, a lot of teams uh, out there playing in tournaments, um, just like the guys were for Feast Week. Um, but there was one team that stood out quite a bit to me because they had a pretty darn good tournament, and that would be the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Ladybacks ended up winning the Reef Jam, I think is it? Yeah, it's the Reef Jam uh, over there in the Virgin I- U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, exciting wins. I think what impressed me not only was the fact that they won this thing, but you look at the path in which they took it. They beat Northern Arizona, which is a game that you would expect the Hogs to beat. Then they beat yeah. Clemson convincingly. And then they very convincingly beat the number 25 team in the country in Kansas State. Matty, there is a lot of good play coming from Arkansas. I think this might be Mike Neighbor's most talented team that he's had at the U of A. And I think this week we may see them jump into the top 25 for women's hoops. Um, really yeah, like that.
0: I... Hogs. I, th- I think, um, you know, a lot of people were weary about this season of women's basketball for Arkansas um, with the key losses we had last year. But this team's showing some some restraint They're They're getting out there and making sure to put those doubters to rest.
1: Yeah, let's just take a look at that Kansas State game real fast. If you just jump into the stat line. First off, Arkansas shot 42 percent in this game. But on the other hand, they kept Kansas State off the board the best they could. Kansas state shot 27.3% in this game. That's a huge difference. Then look at the rebounding difference in this game, Arkansas plus eight in rebounds altogether. And then plus two on the offensive class. They were also plus eight in assists. They had better ball movement than Kansas state. They were plus four in steals. And the only thing they lost was the turnover battle. And that was by negative one, both teams pretty much turned the ball over at equal amounts there. Really, really good game. Uh, box score in that game when you look at Aaron Bar- Barnum, uh, 17 points for the Hogs, Christina, Christina Carr, uh, 18 points. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's, I apologize, Miss Carr. I there's just some names I look at them sometimes and I don't pronounce right. I'm really bad about that. I apologize. Um, and yeah, 18 points from her. Uh, and then Mikhail Daniels, 13 points we had some, there's some stars on this ladies back team and like people need to understand that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely makes me excited for the rest of the season. Um, you know, especially with some, some teams blowing up a little bit, um, in a not great way, um, that we talked about earlier, um, an earlier podcast, um, that could leave room for Arkansas lady Razorbacks to, uh, get their way in and possibly be one of the top spots.
1: Absolutely. I think this is going to be a lot of fun if you're a Razorback fan to watch. Uh definitely one of those teams to keep in mind with Tennessee, LSU, and obviously the queen of women who the queen of all women hoops right now, South Carolina. Um, but yeah, speaking of South Carolina, there's a couple of games this week on the women's side that you definitely wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah. South Carolina against UCLA, um, that game is on Tuesday. I expect that to be a super close game. Um, South Carolina is going to have a home court advantage. I think that's going to give them a little bit of an edge. Um, But looking over this past week, UCLA took down the Lady Vols. Um, And earlier on in the podcast, when we kind of gave our women's basketball preview, we deemed the the Vols being the only team that we thought might be able to take down South Carolina this season. Um, So I feel like UCLA is definitely going to give them you know, a bit of a run for their money um, in this game. Looking at South Carolina, you got Zaya Cook. She's at 14 points per game. And Aaliyah Boston, um, you know, kind of our our star that we pointed out, someone to watch, Um, has got 65% field goal shooting percentage, which is absolutely insane. And um, on the defensive side as well, putting up 10 rebounds a game. Um, and then you look at UCLA have has some pretty um, comparable athletes. You got charisma Osborne with uh, over 20 points per game and 46% shooting from the field with seven rebounds. So I think, you know, if South Carolina gets charisma under control and play some strong defense against her. Um, they'll be able to take the win. But I feel like this might be their clo- closest fight game of the year so far.
1: Really even closer than Stanford? I don't know. I don't know know how much it gets too much closer to that Stanford game.
0: That was a pretty close game. It was a great game. (laughs) Um, So if Aaliyah Boston goes off, like she does does doesn't Stanford um, you know, I don't think there's anything to worry about there, but yeah, I think it'll be a close game for sure.
1: It's still a great game between two quality opponents. So that's something that you definitely keep an eye on. All right, let's move on to our last topic because me and you were kind of talking about this. What's, Shifting back to the guys' side real fast. Obviously, this week, it's been coming for a while. Let's let's say that. North Carolina is not the number one team in the country. Um, we know that. We've known it for a while. Um, yep. But AP voters insisted that they were. Um, it was kind of like, well, until someone beats them, we're going to keep making them number one. Okay. But we all see it. We all know <laughs> they're not the best team in the country. They're exactly. still a top 10 team, but like, they're not the top 10. They're not the number one team. So who is, that's the question. A lot of people said Houston. Then we saw what happened on Saturday with them against Kent state.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Houston. um, And then that Kent state game watched it, you know, put a little bit of doubt there for me um, in ranking them as the number one team. You know, David, we talked about a little bit and as much as I hate to admit it I gotta go with your choice
1: I know I know what' let's wait one second on that like let's <laughs> let's take a real quick look at that about who those uh contenders are um real fast when you like look at who is who's in the top 10 in this given time now obviously number one right now at time of recording is North Carolina that will not be the case I didn't suspect it would be the case last week um now it's kind of blatantly obvious now that they've lost two games uh that would be north carolina houston uh, would be number two kansas number three number four is texas number five is virginia number six gonzaga number seven baylor number eight duke number nine arkansas number 10 creighton so out of those teams in the top 10 i think what is it one two i know a couple there was like yeah, the top five all got number one votes. So I think they're all legitimate, except for North Carolina, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But who do you pick? Because, like, yeah, we talked about Houston. They look like they were they were it. And now I look at Houston after that Kent State game and I say, no, they're not. They they just at this given moment are not the number one team. Kansas lost to Tennessee this week in the battle for Atlantis. And they lost pretty convincingly. Um, Tennessee beat them up and down that court. And I I did not expect that outcome. Maybe this is a Kansas team that's starting to get a feel back for itself with uh, Bill Self, who was out. Um, But, like, yeah, Kansas really, really struggled. Uh, And then talking about the number four team in the country. They are undefeated, Texas Longhorns. They beat the pants off Gonzaga at home. And I think that final score, they beat them by 19 points, but it didn't even feel like 19 points. It felt like 40 um they they destroyed Gonzaga Virginia is really good um definitely another good team they're playing Michigan this week um you know we we're talking about the London game that'll be the game before Michigan heads to London Virginia plays really good defense uh I do like Virginia they've gotten a lot of props but they're coming from a long way to get to number one um uh, they jumped up 11 spots last week to get to that number five spot um yeah. I think Gonzaga is moving down they're the number six team in the country. Right now, I think they're moving further down the pole after getting beat up by Purdue. Um, Baylor, I think they're going to be fine, but I don't think they're going to move up all that much. Uh, Duke, they might move down this week because they just took their second loss of the season. I I think Arkansas is going to move up, but they're not number one yet. I don't think that that's in the category yet. And then Creighton, really good, but I'm not sure that they're the number one team. Matt, it absolutely kills me to say this. My pick is Texas. Given their resume, just given their resume, Texas on paper looks like the better team to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at, you know, teams, especially one through five. I mean, you know, like you said, Virginia, solid defense, but I don't think they're number one yet. Um, you know, Kansas, that loss really, really think it's going to knock them down. But I think the only one with a solid resume so far is Texas.
1: Yeah. I I'm doing the best I can right now coping with this. Um <laughs> you can clearly see some horns. Might actually make it on the Twitter page. I don't know. Um <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, it, it it's really it's really killing me to say it, but like uh how are they the number one team in the cut? Because they're winning. They play really good defense, they got a really good win. The magic of Matthew
0: McConaughey.
1: The magic of Matthew McConaughey is leading my conclusion that Texas is the best team in the country. Now, there are some Maybe the new Moody Center. Yeah. Now, who do I think is going to be number one? I think AP voters are going to give it to Houston because that's what the AP likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what's going to happen. Now, if it was my top 25 vote and I was an AP voter, right now I would rank Texas number one. I would rank Virginia number two. I would rank Houston number three. Um, and then I would probably from there, be looking at my card a little bit harder and probably thinking Baylor, Arkansas, Creighton, maybe not in that order, just figuring out what, what order I would put them in. Mm -hmm. Um, For me right now, I think Arkansas is better than Creighton, but like that's off the impression of that game that was played in Maui in which Creighton won, but I was thoroughly convinced Arkansas was the better team. Um, Yeah. And that's not just me as a fan. We've had this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I was about
0: Uh, to say, I feel like a lot of people, had that same feeling. after. I think that a game. lot
1: of people gained a lot of respect for Arkansas in that game. And especially when you consider there were two technical fouls and a lot of phantom foul calls in there. So I, I think Arkansas is now talking top five, top six. Um,
0: I don't think so yet. Um, I think they might put them at seven this week. Seven would be fair. I could deal with seven. Um, seven. Right now
1: though, Arkansas might be the only team in the top 10 from the SEC.
0: Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um,
1: because, like, looking at the rest of the poll. Michigan State, yeah, I think they'll move down. They're at 12 right now. I don't think you could move up Auburn. I no. mean, maybe maybe that St. Louis game makes them move up to 11, but I don't think they're going to move up to, to ten anywhere in the top 10. Kentucky. I think
0: Alabama will move up, but I don't think it'll be by drastic more than eight places.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agreed. They'll definitely move up um they heck, they might be the second 13. highest ranked team. Yeah. They might be the second highest ranked team in the SEC. I they might jump Kentucky this week. Um yeah, that's that's one of them. Arizona is a team that's going to move up. Um yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with the AP right now. Um I I don't know where you go from here. <laughs> um I just know that if I had my voting card it would be very very different than what the current poll looks like. That is what where I would be in the top 5 would be totally separate. But there's a lot of things to dive into there. we got a lot more basketball to talk about this season. Obviously, I think we're going to wrap it up for the day. But like, right now, the number one team in the country is, unfortunately, that disgusting school in Austin who wears that
0: gross... Gaudy.
1: Horn. Gaudy. That's Hors. a good word. Yeah. Horns down. Um, and uh, may all you people in Austin get hit with a meteor. I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I hate your school. All right. Um, a little
0: much, David what, <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> no obviously right. I wish great health upon my fellow human beings I, just I think need-
0: we need to go before you just like <laughs> spontaneously combust
1: you know I'm going to play this out on a fade anyway right now it's just me bad mouthing Texas as long as possible because I just said something really nice about them horns down <laughs> Vince Young Any other
0: time, I would 100% agree but unfortunately the fags speak for himself
1: Austin's ran by Californians <laughs>
0: You're not wrong there.
1: I'm not wrong there. (laughs) Bye, everybody.
0: (laughs) Y'all have a good week.